After one year of marriage, do you think we've lost our spark? I guess things are a little less exciting than they used to be. We don't have fun anymore. We don't go out anywhere. We just kind of do the same thing over and over every single day. Yeah, life and work has kind of just taken over. I do wish we could get back to how we were in the beginning. I never knew our life would be so mundane. Have we gotten complacent? Man. Hey, one more time, church. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, listen. Hey, don't get it twisted, okay? That's what this is about. That's what we are here for. We are here for the name of Jesus. It's not, it's not a person. It's not a personality. It's not a branding strategy or marketing strategy or none of that. We are here for Jesus. And listen, I'm just so excited for uh, this moment and this day. And if you're new here, welcome. We're so excited that you're here. I feel like you picked uh, a great Sunday to come hang, our 52nd Sunday as a church. I'm just so excited uh, for what God has done and, and what he's continuing to do. Um, but hey, I got a clock and I got to hurry up, so uh, I'm going to get off um, here in a second. So uh, let's do this. Um, we've been, over the last, <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks, uh, we've been in a collection called uh, Can We Talk? Some of you may know the song. You know, there's two of them. Which one, you know, you're going to go old school or you're going to go, uh, what's the dude's name, Khaled or Khalid, whatever. But anyway, um, can we talk? We've been in this series. It's a series, a collection on relationships. And here we just speak uh, in collections. Uh, you may be familiar, sermon series or whatever. And, 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 and so we are in our final uh, installment of that uh, today. And I'm really excited to close that out. But before, there's something I wanted to do. Um, Pastors Pat and Vernon alluded to it. All of this and everything that happens here uh, is because we have an amazing serve team. So I want to stop and pause and honor our serve team this morning. We all give it up for them. The early mornings, the setup, the pipe and drape, serving with your kids, helping you park, all the things. And so, so thankful and excited uh, for them. And uh, this week, or this collection rather, we kicked it off with a discussion called The Lies About Singleness. And what we talked that week uh, was basically uh, singleness isn't a sickness that needs to be cured, nor is it a sentence that we need to be freed from. Because sometimes we can view our singleness as if we are <laughs> in single jail. But that's not it. It's an opportunity to embrace. And then, and then we follow that up with a, a, a conversation on questions that every couple should ask. And, and we, we got to this place that answering or asking questions in the relationship doesn't question the relationship, but it develops the relationship. Are you tracking with me? Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, Katie and I had a conversation uh, call. So we broke up. Now what? How do you handle uh, the breakup? You're either going to resign or you're going to resolve. And, and the point was this, like you don't need a rebound relationship but we need to allow ourselves to be rebound by God in those moments. And so today, uh, we're going to close out uh, this collection, and I'm going to use Hebrews chapter 2. Just got one verse for you this morning, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. So you can flip with me there, scroll with me there, or you can connect right here on the screen. But it says this, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Come on, will you pray with me, church? 
Father, we're grateful. We're thankful, God, for this moment, these moments that we share. God, we thank you for who you are and all that you do. God, we lift you up, God, so that all people will be drawn to you. And Lord, as we dive into your word, God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're speaking to us. And as we always say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Come on, come on. Everybody said, Amen. 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 You know, over the last three weeks, we have discussed relationships, and they have primarily been of, you know, the romantic type, the dating type. And, and, and here's, you know, what we've talked about, the, the principles, the things that we've talked about over these last three weeks, they don't just apply to dating relationships, romantic relationships, but I believe um, that those principles apply to all the relationships uh, that we have, that if you take them, they're applicable to any type of relational context. So uh, whether that's uh, at work or just with friends and, and community, family, all that, that these principles apply. Well, today, I don't want to come from that angle of, of dating or romantic relationships, but I want to have a conversation that's almost like a family meeting. So if you are new here today, this is your first time here, you're kind of getting this chance to kind of peer into this family uh, discussion that we're having here at the, at the Becoming Church. And, you know, that word family is a word that we use often here uh, anyway, uh, because what's so cool is, you know, we have our family of origin, but we also have our family of choice, our spiritual family, those that we're doing life with uh, in here today. So we're going to have a family meeting today. And I love how even the Apostle Paul, you know, he, he wrote this letter in, in Galatians, uh, called Galatians rather, and he even calls us the, the household of faith. And you've kind of been hearing this language that we use around here, you know, God is building this church brick by brick, or maybe you've even seen the house uh, in the, in the uh, branding of the Becoming Churches, because we believe that this is a family, that this is a, a spiritual house that Jesus is building brick by brick, that my life is a brick, your life is, is a brick, and Jesus is fitting us in together irrespective of how we got here. So we're all being fit, fitted in with all of our stories, all of our issues, all of our struggles, all of our pains, all of our wins, all of our victories. He's using each and every one of us to build his church. He's fitting us in brick by brick. And this morning, family, I feel like I have a word for our church, a message for our church for us to hold on to, and it's called Don't Drift. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down, Don't Drift. Don't drift from the mission. Don't drift from the vision. Don't drift from what God, that dream that God has placed in your heart. Don't drift from the calling. Don't drift from purpose. And we're going to dive into that here uh, this morning. And, you know, when you are in relationship, when you've been in a relationship for a while, you know, it's kind of easy to get complacent. It's kind of easy to get relaxed. You know, you kind of saw uh, Darius and Bianca. Come on, give it up for Darius and Bianca putting their acting skills on display. I see you back there. But um, it's easy to get complacent. It's easy to kind of just settle in because, you know, you're feeling good and you kind of got used to it. You got to your routine and it's so easy to find yourself doing the things that you never used to do. And it's hard to continue doing the things that you always said you would do because you've gotten complacent. You've kind of settled in. 
And I think there's a couple reasons why this happens. I think one of them is, as I just alluded, you, you get comfortable. But I think also we lose attention, right? We, we stop paying attention, that our focus change, changes. There's so many different things. Like you think in the context of, of marriage, right? You get married, it's just the two of you, right? There's no kids, there's no nothing. And you have that first kid. You got to work a little bit harder, right, to, to be spontaneous, to keep that fire going, to, to keep all those things that are, why you don't do that like you used to do anymore, right? Like, all, it's easy for all those little statements, all those little comments to happen. You lose attention. You just, your focus gets shifted. This is the warning that the writer of Hebrews was giving uh, to the Jewish Christians uh, in this letter. And so let's give, give a little context to it. Uh, let, actually, let's read it. It's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. It says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So what, what was happening? So these Jewish Christians, they were in a time and culture that was difficult. There was some persecution, some pressure that they were feeling. And so as Jewish Christians, they started to think, you know, Maybe we need to revert back to the Mosaic law. Think the Ten Commandments, Moses, right? Maybe we need to revert back to that because, I mean, this is, this is too difficult. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of persecution. So maybe we need to kind of drift back to the life we knew, to the things that we used to do. And they had all these questions, you know, like, is Jesus really superior? Is he really supreme? Is it, is it angels? Is it Moses? Is it all these different things they started to question? And that's where the writer says, no, 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 you must pay most careful attention, not just careful attention, most careful attention, therefore, to what you have heard so that you do not drift away. And listen, family, we've said this from the very beginning, that the Becoming Church isn't here to be an overnight success, but to have significance over time. That we're not trying to be a, a one-hit wonder. We're just not trying to show up on the scene and then we disappear. No, we are here to play the long game. We are here to be significant. Listen, I want my kids to have this church, our grandkids, your kids, your grandkids. This is much more than us. So we are playing the long game. We want to be significant over time. And the only way to be significant, to have significance over time, is that we don't drift away that we pay attention, therefore, to what we have heard, what the Lord has said about your life, what the, word, what the Lord has said about this community. Hold tight to that so that we do not get caught drifting away because there's an attention war. Everything is vying for our attention. It's your kids, your job, social media, the tactics used to get your attention. We can't be we can't lose attention. We can't not take our focus on what God has called us to. And listen, I'm talking in these terms, but this is not just about the becoming church. This is also about your life. So, so don't think I'm just talking to the church, but we are the church collectively. So listen, we don't go to church, but we gather as the church. So this is the church gathering right here this morning. So the things that I'm saying, like this is applicable to our lives when we leave out of this room. Are you tracking with me this morning? So... Here's the question. How do we avoid drifting? I want to give you just a single point on how to avoid drifting, and it's this. you got to remember the mission. you got to remember the mission. Uh, Simon Sinek, he wrote a book called Start With Why, and in his book he says this. People don't buy what you do. 
They buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. So you can leave that up. So in other words, it, it doesn't matter. The what is not as important as the why. Because when people are convinced of your why, they'll get the what. But you have to understand the why first. So he's talking to business leaders and organizations saying, listen, know your why. Why are you in business? Why are you doing this? Why, like, what is the reason for what you're doing? Because if you know that well, if you can live that well, if you can communicate that well, then your what will make sense. But first, people will be drawn to the why before the what. So you say, well, we're not a business organization and we're not. So what does that mean for us? What is, what is our why? Look at John 3.16. That is our why. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So that's the why that if you said yes to Jesus that you have connected with. That I, I, I once was lost but now I'm found. That I was blind, but now I see because you have encountered the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness of Jesus. Because you have experienced that. Uh, Yo, I I can't stay silent. I can't keep this thing bottled up in me that I need to be a city on a hill. I need to be a light and I need to allow others the opportunity to know what has changed my life. So that. So we, we do all these things, and you got lights, and you got drapes, and you got the keys, and all these things. So like, and then there's you know fruit and all that. But but what what is the thing that brings that? It's the why, okay. because how Jesus has changed our lives. That's, right. that's why I love this idea of becoming, because we all have a story, and and what's in that story is how Jesus has intersected our lives in whatever way that He needed to do. He has done that. That's why we said he's building his church brick by brick and he's using all of us irrespective of how we got here. But that is the why that drives the what and it's that why that people connect to. Because listen, you may not be a theologian in here. You may not have all the ins and outs of Hebrew and Greek in the original languages. But you have a story of what God has done in your life, of where he has taken you from and where he's bringing you to. And people can't dispute you on that. It's your why. This is why I am the way I am, because of what the Lord has done for me. So people won't follow Jesus because of what you do. They will follow Jesus because of why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. So the mission, this is what I'm getting at. Remember the mission. The mission of the Becoming Church is to help people live closer to God. That's it. Simply put, what is the mission of the Becoming Church? It's to help people live closer to God. Wherever you are, wherever you come from, whatever your story is, whatever your past is, like what is the mission of our church? To help people live closer to God. So everything we do, we do it with that in mind. So whatever we don't do, we do it with that in mind. Is this going to help people live closer to God? Nope, so don't do it. Is this going to help people live closer to God? Yes, that's what we're doing because that is the mission is not to help people be perfect. It's not to help people grow their business. It's not to help people live their best life now. It's not to help people find a vibe or figure out a growth success strategy. No, it's to help people live closer to God. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I hope the business grows. I, I hope there's progression and all that in your life. God is not against those things, but we can't lose sight that the mission 
is for people to live closer to God. Because here's the cool thing. He says, as you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. So there is this desire for God to see us intersect who he is. And so we have to be people who are helping to facilitate opportunities for others to encounter God. And we say that often to our serve team, like whether it's with a, a hello, a smile, or let me walk you to where you can check your kid. And it's all with that idea so that you can encounter God. And here's what I believe. I believe that there are, there's a known and unknown hunger for God right now. And, and, I, and I feel like you see that, you know, what's, what's been happening across the nation and, and, and Asbury revivals and our renewals, our outpourings, whatever you want to call it, that's kind of spread across these college campuses and into other places. There are people that are, hunger, that are hungry for God. But then there's another set of people that have this hunger, but they really don't really know that it is for God, but, but you sense that they're kind of hungry in the things that they want are like in God. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So like you hear it say like, you know, well, the universe. I was going to say like, what is the universe? Like, tell me about the universe. What is that? What is that like? You know, our, our, our mother nature. Like, can you explain that to me? Mother, like y'all may know this, but where's, where's father? Where's dad? You always hear mother nature. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> or, you know, like, again, and I get it. If you use this language, listen, I'm not coming against you. But like people walking here like, yo, man, there's a vibe here at the Becoming Church. And I get what you're trying to say. But listen, we don't want you to catch a vibe. We want you to catch a vision for your life. We want you to catch a vision for your family. We want you to catch a vision for your marriage. We want you to catch, catch a vision for what God wants to do in your life. So you kind of hear like you got this like innate hunger that you don't really understand. But this is where I kind of come in to introduce you to what that long, because eternity has been set in our hearts, right? And so people don't understand that. So all, the vibe, the, the, the universe, Mother Nature, all this talk, um, this is what people are longing for is God. And some of them know it and some of them don't. And so here's the thing. We as, as Christians, as followers of the way of Jesus in here, here's what we have the responsibility to do to lead both of these people to Jesus. And, and here's what we said in the very beginning, we feel like God, God hears the cries of his people. God hears the cries of both of these groups. And so what he does, he answers that cry. And, and a great way to, to illustrate this is to think about uh, Moses. So you may be familiar with, with Moses. I don't know, you know, Prince of Egypt. You all right, y'all, y'all, that, uh, what was the, the one y'all used to watch? Uh, Ten Commandments. Come on. I saw that come on. I was like, ah, I'm going to play my Sega. I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, Moses, y'all, y'all know Moses this is what I'm saying. So in Exodus 3, like God, he, he calls Moses to lead uh, the Israelites out of Egypt because what was once a great relationship has now turned sour. And so the people there are being oppressed uh, by this new Pharaoh that's come into play, place. And so he's like, I, I, I'm hearing my people looking at Exodus 3, 9. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So what moved God was the cry of his people. What Moses had was an opportunity to partner with God in what he was already going to do anyway. So what am I saying for us? That the becoming church is here because God heard, if you will, a cry from people in the Huntsville-Madison area that was praying for an expression of church in this way. 
and he chose us to be raised up. He caused us to be raised up to answer the cry of his people. So it wasn't about Moses, but it was about the people. So it wasn't about Katie, um, uh, me or Katie or you, but it was about the people. And God has raised us up and called us to be the answer to that prayer from what people have been praying and believing for. And I say all that to say that's why this expression of church matters. That's why we're like, yo, this is who we are. This is what God has called us to be because there will be people who will walk in here and they will say, man, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is exactly what I've been praying for. That doesn't mean that another church is not another church community is not making it happen, but that's an expression to meet those people who have been praying for that. Here's what I'm saying. How God has wired you, how he has called you, how he has fashioned you is important. Don't walk around trying to be somebody else because to do that is to lose sight of answering the prayer for somebody that God has been praying for. There are people who have been praying for what you have. There are people who have been praying for what you carry, the way you see things, the creativity you have. People say you too much, be too much because that's who God called you to be. There's a group of people who need your too muchness, if you will. They need the way you see things. They need the way you interpret things because God has called you to be that way and you can part with him and answering the prayer of those people. Are you tracking with me this morning? You don't need to change who you are because God is raising you up to be an answer to a prayer that somebody is praying. He raised you up with all of your issues. Yeah, I got too many issues. We all do. Get in line. So he raised you up with all of your issues, all of your flaws, your struggles, all of that. He raised you up. So what God has placed inside of you is the answer to someone's prayer. Listen, the Becoming Church doesn't exist to lead people to it, but to lead people to God. So that's why our goal has always been we're going to make much about Jesus. Because he says, God says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw people to me. And that's, that's what we're about is lifting him up. And so as we close this morning, I told you I was going to do it. (laughs) As we close this morning, maybe you're asking, okay, that's cool. Remember the mission. Yeah, we got to remember the mission, but then we got to, we got to fulfill the mission. And I love that word mission because mission is, is purposeful. So we don't believe in task. We believe in mission. Task is something that you say that you do it and you check the box off. But mission is something you have passion and say, I got, I got to fulfill this because this matters. Think about you got a little brother, um, cousin, niece, nephew, little kids. You say, yo, can you, can you get that for me? Like They're like, what you need? Because you just gave them a mission. So this is our response. Like, No, we don't check off tasks, but we're fulfilling a mission. So we got to remember the mission and we got to fulfill the mission. And if the question is, how do we do this? How do we help people live closer to God? It's simple. We got to help them belong to community. That's, that's what we say here. That's what we believe here. And can I tell you, there's no perfect community. And you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's still true. That if you walk in here and you're looking for a perfect church community, let's go ahead, pause and get everybody out here. And then it'll be good because it'll be empty. And so then I guess it's perfect, meaning we're all imperfect people, but we can fit perfectly together. Is that it, Miss Sharon? Come on. 
So I gave credit. Now, next time is, is as I always say. <laughs> okay. We've got we to help them belong to community. So listen, that means we have to remove the roadblocks that have traditionally hindered people from connecting to God. And the best way we do that is to be authentic. Like we just got to remove the roadblocks. So listen, that, that means sometimes people may come in here and it, just, it may be a little different. But, all right, can I just be honest? They haven't figured out how to hide their issue. You have figured out how to hide your issue. But what's the common thing is that we got issues. So that means come on in here, get a seat at the table, because I just put a little bit more makeup on my issue than you did, but we both got issues, right? So just remove the roadblocks, change your thinking, right? Nobody got seats in here, right? Like, yo, you, you park closer, I'll park further away so people are new here. Let's remove the roadblocks. Be nice. We got to help them believe in Jesus. You know, for some people, like you're going to be the only expression of Jesus that they have. So here's a question. How does Jesus look to them as they look at your life? Is Jesus loving? Is he caring? Is he welcoming? Is he full of grace and truth? Like we're not despising truth. They go together. It's, it's not an either or. It's a both and. Right. Do they encounter grace and truth when they're around you? So we got to help people believe in Jesus. Then we got to help them become who God desires them to be. As a team, if you'll join me uh, this morning, we have to help them become who God desires them to be. Listen, we all have a becoming story. My story is going to look different than yours. Your story is going to look different than mine. But the beautiful thing about that truth is that God is involved in both of these stories. So here's what, this is why this whole thing of becoming is just so big. It's because, man, so many people who don't give Christianity, practicing the way of Jesus, a chance, it's because they feel like I, there's no redemption for my life. But what people don't understand is that this thing isn't about perfection. It's about progression. Help them become who God desires them to become. Every day is a day of becoming. Every moment is a day of becoming. It's having a testimony that says, listen, I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. And if you mess up, if you have a setback on a journey, you don't have to exit, but you just keep on becoming. Oftentimes, people get it so twisted about, man, I just wish I could have walked with Jesus. But yet, if you look at Scripture, see the people who walked at Jesus, they left them. It wasn't about that. It's about a journey of keep on becoming. Don't live in a place of shame, but live in the grace that he has for you, not the grace that says stay where you are, continue to live and do what you want, but a grace to be empowered, to be lifted up and to live a higher way of living. Are you tracking with me this morning? That's what we have to remind people of what life in Christ looks like. Doesn't mean that we're perfect. Doesn't mean that we always get it right. It means that we're on this journey of becoming. Look what Philippians 1.6 says. Being confident of this, that he who began, pause, understand he has began a work in your life. 
that he's already started. Whether you knew it or not, he has begun a work in you. And what does he say? He says it's a good work. So while the enemy may say, no, all you will see is bad in your life, the Lord is saying, no, I have begun a good work in your life. And I will carry it on to completion. Meaning this is not about perfection, but it's about progression. Stop striving for it. Because it says, until the day of Christ Jesus. Meaning you're going to mess up. You're going to miss the mark. You're not going to get it right. But get back up, empowered by his grace, knowing that he's doing a good work in your life. So what are we saying here on this birthday Sunday at the Becoming Church? We're not going to drift. But we're going to pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Don't you drift from the call. Don't you drift from the mission. Don't you drift from the vision. Don't you drift from what God has called you to. Your marriage may be struggling right now. Don't you drift apart, but you grow closer because God has put you together. As you trust him, as you're obedient to him, he's going to get you to where you need to be. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we're grateful. We're thankful, Lord, of that reminder, God, that you are faithful. God, that you call us. You have purpose for our lives. And in fact, if we have a pulse, we have a purpose. No matter what the enemy may be saying to us, God, that there is good that you have for our lives. Good in whatever way you bring that. We trust you for it. And God, we know this. The best is still to come because you're still to come. So that means the best is still to come, Jesus. But God, right now, I pray for people in here. Maybe Maybe you're on that journey, and maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus because you felt like it has to be this, you know, i got to get myself together before I can come. Friend, can I tell you, you can't do that. It's Jesus who can pick you up out of your mess. It's to give you new life and to, to free you from the things that may have had you bound. So I just want to stand here this morning as an ambassador, saying Jesus is saying, come on home step into the family, and go on this journey of becoming not perfection, but progression into who he's called you to become. And I'll tell you up front, you'll say yes and you'll get tougher. But here's what I want you to know, that you've got the presence of God living inside of you, helping you to navigate this life in a community of people who are cheering and championing you on in that process. So I'm not going to make this moment long. I want to extend that invitation of salvation to say yes to Jesus in this moment. So no one looking around, just every head bowed in this moment. If that's you, if you're saying, listen, I'm ready. I've been running, which I'm going to let you know. He's seen you the whole time. You can't can't run. But he's just ready for you to stop being that hamster on the wheel and just to come home and receive his grace, his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness. So I'm not going to make this moment long. If that's you this morning, will you just simply uh, lift your hand? I just want to pray with you this morning. I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. Amen. I see you. Amen. Amen. You place your hands down. Church, I'm going to ask that we do this. I'm going to ask that all of us pray this prayer, but especially those of you who raise your hand. So can we say this? Say, Lord Jesus, 
forgive me of my sins. Today I'm choosing to make you Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died and rose again for me. And because of that, I can live forever with you. So forgive me of my past and give me a brand new start in you. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you put your hands together for everyone who made that decision?